hello, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivate individuals to press on towards the mark of self-actualization using a combination of old-school wisdom and new big tactics to help achieve this end. My name is Sim, and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about momentum. So great topic today, something that I'm really excited to talk about. And obviously, like I said, this topic is momentum, basically how essential momentum is to success in your life. That's sort of a duh thing, especially if you've been following self-development for quite a while. But understanding it is really essential. You build from the fundamentals And what's more fundamental than momentum? In fact, it's so fundamental that when you think of some sort of vehicle, what is it? Well, a vehicle has an engine, it has moving parts and all that good stuff. But a large part of that vehicle's movement is driven by momentum. And momentum is generated by the amount of energy put into a system. So the more energy, the more momentum, and likewise, when that energy gets sucked away from that system, momentum dies or decreases dramatically. So another example, think of a rocket ship launch. Think of the size of a rocket that takes off from a place like the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Those things are massive. And in order to break the Earth's orbit and shoot way up into the sky, you know, rocket needs a massive amount of jet fuel. And I can't remember the exact amount, but it's easily over a million pounds of fuel. A million pounds just to get into space. Might be even closer to two million. I, I don't know. But regardless, that's a lot of combustible energy. And this is what I was talking about and referring to in the episode on Launchpad Capital. The bigger you want to go, the more fuel and more sizable that Launchpad needs to be. So it is in your life. The energy you put in creates the momentum. And think about your life and doing things. Think about being productive, essentially. It's a pushing out. It's an expression of something internal, something intangible. And bring you, bring that forth and making that tangible. And obviously being productive takes a large amount of energy over the course of a period of time or the course of a life. But you make being productive easier by generating momentum. So I like looking at people who have high visibility in their career to see how much this momentum thing really played out. And lo and behold, it did. So if you look at the background of these people who have high visibility, you realize and you start to get an appreciation for the work that they or people around them put in, and it's just really inspiring. So for example, take someone like Cristiano Ronaldo. Pretty much everyone knows him at this point, whether you are or aren't into soccer. He's a household name. And it may have seemed like Ronaldo was just always Ronaldo, but he and many other people play soccer put in a lot of time a lot of effort and he also came from a disadvantaged childhood so he had that against him as well so not only did he have to play soccer at a high level but he also had to overcome poverty or near poverty as well 
So there was a lot of sacrifices into what he was doing, putting the Cristiano Ronaldo in Cristiano Ronaldo, making Ronaldo. So Ronaldo was playing, 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 playing from when he got out the womb. And then one day, boom, it took off. Get the attention, the endorsement deals, the cars, the money, all this stuff, all the life that comes with being a star athlete. And now Ronaldo is just the quote-unquote man when it comes to soccer. But I think Ronaldo is starting to slow down a little bit. I mean, the man is 35 years old and he's still playing at a supremely high level. But the 2013 or 2012, 2013, 2014 version of Ronaldo, he was dangerous. So, coming back across the pond to the United States, coming back across the Atlantic, think about something like football, NFL. Think about how many boys play football in high school across the country. It's easily over a million guys million guys playing football in high school. And then you think about how many people get drafted to play college ball. Obviously, not all of them are going to go and say, I want to play football in college, but a large amount of them try and play college ball. And for this example, I'm just going to say Division I football because that's where the NFL mainly recruits from. Um, Usually about 2 to maybe 3% of those people from high school playing college who are eligible and who want to play uh, college ball. Then it thins out even more when it comes to the NFL draft. And in the NFL draft, there's only about 256 draft picks. If you want to get into a team when you're not drafted, you have to become a free agent and that's even slimmer. But there's only 256 draft picks and they only draft the most elite of the bunch. So when you add it all up, the odds of playing football at the higher level is about like 0.10%, like uh, one-tenth or tenth of a percent, right? And then when you get to the NFL, the average self-life of a player is like three to four years. And during all that time, think of all the momentum and energy that they had to build to that to get to that point. Practices, rehabs, more practice, getting lucky, and then playing at the top level. You need to put in even more energy and more men, mo- more momentum in. And that's why whenever a player gets injured or is out for a certain period of time, it's just hard to get back in, hard to get back in the top form because all that energy just gets sucked out of you. Uh, you lose the groove. And there's been many talented players who just end up getting injured or something happens to their lives and they just plummeted like a stone or they never even got to a top level of production. Like they're going up on that momentum curve and then something happens. Maybe they're partying too much. Maybe they lost focus, so many different things. And then it's just game over. Like they never regain that type of play. And obviously uh, your shelf life in the NFL is short. So you only get older, get more, wear and tear more mileage and then your career is just done and you were never somebody who won a super bowl or you never became a pro bowler or you never really 
topped out on your potential. Obviously, you play in the NFL, which most people can say they didn't, but, you know, that haunts you, I'm pretty sure. Lots of players have said that when I look back on my career, there are so many things I left on the table. And if I had a chance to go back, I would do it all over again because I would have more focus and this and that. But that's all a different story. So another example of momentum. Think of Amazon. Now, love them or hate them. A lot of people are this and that on them. Amazon is just an extreme example of momentum. I remember when I was young, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I was a little kid, and my mom used to order books off of Amazon. Because back then, Amazon just sold books. Um, Then they really started to catch in the mid-2000s, when the internet started to grow larger and more influential into people's lives. Then... um, I really started to use them when I got into college in the 2010s and I signed up for their student prime membership. So pretty much free two day shipping. If you're a student, I thought it was cool. You know, back then Amazon was big for sure, for sure. But now 10 years later, I don't even have to tell you, you already already know what it is. (laughs) Amazon, their footprint is massive and they've been on a hiring spree during the pandemic, they employ, I think, over a million people worldwide now, which is crazy. Jeff Bezos is one of the richest humans to ever exist. Um, people are coming after them for regulatory things in all sorts of countries. Uh, and the website, Amazon.com, got over 1.6 billion total visits last month in the month of October. 1.6 billion. That's more than the population of India. And I mean, Walmart and all our sorts of e-commerce stores are up there too, like Etsy, um, eBay. But man, you know, (laughs) Amazon is just a behemoth. Uh, I could go on and on, but I really wanted to show how momentum can really impact outcomes. If you didn't know that already. But, you know, most of us are not soccer stars or football players. And most of us do not own billion dollar corporations. Most of us are just involved in our day to day existence, trying to live our lives. And that's good news for us because we can gain momentum so much easier. So for me, I really came into explicit awareness about this when I was 24 going on 25 years old. And at that point in your life, you have enough data where you can look back at times when you had momentum in your life, and you'll probably see some small hints of that in your current life. You probably had a series of a couple weeks, a couple months, or maybe even a couple years of just when you were on fire and you saw things effortlessly flowing, like you were in a flow state, life was going good, things were going your way, and then you know that there were certain actions that contributed to that. But when I was 24, 25, I read the book called The Slight Edge, and it describes momentum and how it relates to many areas in your life. So for many of us, many of us are told to quote-unquote work hard when you're younger. You know, get good grades and work hard. But 
most people never have anybody who tells them why to work hard. No one ever tells us why we need to work hard. Well, the explicit reason why you really need to work hard is because you just need the jet fuel to make momentum take over. So think about hard work or effort plus momentum equals a high peak state where you can just coast at this high peak and you're still able to perform at a high level and produce at a high level more than what some people in your field or your competitors or so-and-so would perform even when they were grinding hard. So that's the effect of this rapid heating up and cooling down. Um, It's like making pottery. You heat that pottery up, you put it through the pottery wheel, and you fashion it, and then you heat it up, heat it up, heat it up in a kiln, and then it's stuck. Whatever you molded the pottery uh, to be, that's what it's going to be stuck as. And that's pretty much the same uh, philosophy here in terms of momentum. But um, you work hard and you put it into jet fuel early on so you can coast at this high level. And um, that's sort of what Amazon is doing or other places are doing. But Amazon is also in a growth phase, which, you know, they're going to top out on that eventually. But uh, right now, everyone knows who Amazon is. They don't need to make any effort to market themselves. They just are known as the quote-unquote everything store. And that's because they built a momentum, massive momentum early on. But uh, in terms of momentum, many people use momentum the wrong way. Lots of people develop bad habits early on, and those bad habits become their own self-sustaining personality traits. And they define someone's life for a certain period of time, maybe their entire life. And the other thing about momentum in your early life is that it's also difficult to build. Like, for example, you come out of college. You're 21, 22, 23, whatever. You spent almost your entire life in a certain mode of being, which for many of us is just straight up memorization. In school, you memorize things in a book or from a lecture, and then you're required to then vomit up that knowledge for a test. And obviously, this type of rote memorization and regurgitation, that's just not how life works. So what happens when you leave college? When you leave college, this is a shock because now you actually have to produce instead of just memorize and expect everything to be good. It's like redirecting an ocean liner away from a direction. It's like turning an ocean liner 180 degrees. It's going in an entirely different direction. And it's going to take a lot of momentum to do that, a lot of time to shift that ocean liner that's been traveling in one direction and turn it completely uh, around. So for leaving college and generating momentum, most, if not all of my friends, this was a pretty tough time. And I knew someone who actually broke down in August, the year after we graduated, 
because they realized they weren't going back to school because people get ready to go back to school in August. And that August was different because that was the first time that was not happening. And for myself personally, the first year after graduation, disaster, absolute train wreck. So many stops and starts, stops and starts, starts, starts and stops, stops and starts, all this going forward, going back, all this motion, but no real progress. And that's because I didn't really focus on generating momentum. I just focused on keeping my head above water. And that's not good for long-term progress. But again, I learned about this momentum when I was 24, 25. And it took a little bit to catch on and then implement in my life. I did know about momentum early on, earlier, before, but I never really had a philosophy. It was just sort of... I just hope things would be good. It was just like I flipped, I would flip a coin and hope it land on heads. And obviously that's not a good strategy for success, right? So when I learned about the philosophy of momentum, I was able to implement it and it was great. But I just look back at that period after college, um, that year after college, and I'm just like, damn, I left so much on the table. <laughs> But no crying over spilled milk, right? So to wrap this topic, this episode on Momentum Up, what are some ways you can start to implement this in your life? Well, the first one I would say is to wake up early if you can. Now, it might be funny to start off with this one, but if you can do it, it can take you a super long way. Very, very far. By waking up early, you take advantage of two things. One, the extension of time in your day. Then two, how little distractions there are early in the day. So when people talk about waking up early, how early is early? Well, honestly, the earlier the better sometimes. But early in my definition is anywhere between 5 o'clock to 7 a.m., especially on the weekends. And that's what I define as early. So I was talking about this with a friend a couple years ago. I said, what would happen if you woke up every single Saturday and Sunday at 6 a.m.? Or maybe even like 8 a.m. Obviously, most of us work at least a 40-hour week, but then we have free time. So what if you're able to extend that free time and do things that are meaningful to you? Like having a full 16-hour day if you go to bed at 10 p.m. at night. What could you get done over the course of a month if you follow that schedule? A year? Five years? The gains would be tremendous and they would just stack. So that's one way to build momentum. Not a prerequisite by any means, but I think very helpful nonetheless. So wake up early if you can. The second one I would say is be willing to overextend yourself if you need to. So if you want to build something into your life, especially if it's really complex, 
be prepared to put in the work, obviously. I mean, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of hours. And many things you want to do will take longer to build than you expect. So expect the unexpected. Be willing to commit to that. So for example, learning a musical instrument. What does it take to get really good at an instrument? Well, obviously it takes a lot. So for the best musicians, some of them do deliberate focused practice for at least three hours a day. And like a lot of these prodigy violinists or kids at a music conservatory, that's all they do. Practice, 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 and more practice. And obviously, they're really, really good. Really good. These are concert-level musicians. And these people weren't born playing musical instruments. They just added up the time and effort. And there's a book called Peak by this guy named Anders Ericsson. Rest in peace. The father of deliberate practice. Who talks about this process of skill acquisition. It was one of the most impactful books I've ever read, and it really shaped my philosophy on what's possible in terms of doing things in your life. So if you're really interested in how to acquire skills and be really good at something, definitely pick up that book. But going back to this, ask yourself, am I willing to do the necessary things it takes to achieve X? Because over time, anyone can learn and do anything. The only question is, will you do it? So if you want something, be willing to commit if necessary. That's the second one. Be willing to extend your, overextend yourself if you need to. Don't be afraid of that. Third one, I would say, is obviously be consistent. Repetition, consistency is the mother of learning and the mother of momentum. And I personally believe that life is divided up into habits and skills. Everything in life is either a habit or a skill, which is a habit in and of itself, which means that it can be learned over time. Nobody's born knowing how to do anything, for the most part, except basic human biological functions. We learn them over a process of socialization and exposure. And obviously... The best time to be exposed to these things is as a child and a young adult. But if you're not exposed to these things, you can still learn them. It just takes more effort because your brain has less neural connections, but it's still plastic and still able to learn. And it learns by repetition and consistency. So the best approach for me personally has been to go tiny on the habits large on the skills. And when I say that, I mean, start out with the smallest part of a habit and put in time into learning the skills. Like, for example, when I first got into working out and fitness, I was not part of a team in high school or college that emphasized weightlifting. But when I got into college, uh, later in my college life, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was, a, uh, you know, cool way to be physically fit. Not everyone's in the weightlifting, but I gravitated towards it and I ended up really enjoying it. 
So I had to put in time to learn about the skill of weightlifting. And I got Arnold's Encyclopedia, read everything in there. I got the starting strength manual, bigger, leaner, stronger, 135, looked into diet, nutrition, all this stuff. And I dove deep into it. I would study it for a long time, take notes, all that. Then I built up the habit of going to the gym. And of course, there are the habits of doing the proper form for exercises. And at first, it felt uncomfortable. But now, after about seven, going on eight years, it's pretty much second nature to me. I feel weird if I don't go to the gym in a certain period of time or for a week. Like if I'm resting and uh, not going to the gym or if I'm on vacation or something, it just feels weird. It feels uh, out of place, which um, is sort of where you want to be when it comes to good habits, right? And that's pretty much all there is to it. Stacking tiny actions over time, but going deep on skills and implementation. And I think the best way to do this is pretty much to write down a list of habits and skills you want to build. Like, actually physically write them down. Think on paper. Deliberately writing them down allows you to clarify your thinking. Number them by importance in terms of priority and how they would make a difference in your life, then get to work on the two most important habits and the most important skill. Commit to building those into your life for a 90-day period, like a quarter. Dedicate a quarter of a year to building that skill and those two habits. If you do this right, at the end of a year, you'll have built four new skills and eight new habits. What if you can do this for five years? That's 20 skills and 40 habits. That's crazy. You'd pretty much be an entirely different person. So yeah, consistency is definitely something to think about, especially if you want to make some massive changes over a period of time. So fourth and final one I would say is guard against your momentum from being sucked away. And there's so many things that can take your momentum away. Let's be honest. Life happens. Things happen, things get in the way, and so on and so forth. But there's a lot of ways you can guard against things happening. One of which is waking up early, which again extends your day and allows you to carve out purposeful time for yourself. And also, the type of environment matters so much as well. Going back to college, college for most people is just a huge remover of momentum. In college, there's... Parties, women, spontaneous trips to different places, staying out late, all this stuff. And it doesn't matter who you are. You can have a committed relationship in college or you can be someone who's really intent on your studies or you can be someone who, um, you know, has some area of their life together college, some area of college will throw some area of your life into disarray. If it's not being distracted by one thing, it's going to be distracted by another. Some people uh, I knew, and I remember especially in freshman year, that's why they call it the freshman 15, they gained a whole bunch of weight because food was their enemy in college. They just came in, some of them were skinny, and then they just 
end up packing on the pounds afterwards. Like a lot of them got really, really fat. <laughs> um, but there's just so much stuff that can distract you in college. And that's because there's a lot of spontaneity in college. And at least that was my college experience. I don't know how it's going to be after this pandemic is over, but obviously there are so many things that can just take you off track when you really focus being on track. That's when you just start really knuckling down. And of course, ordinary life after college or outside of college has so many distractions as well. Think about the times where you just spent them doing nothing on the internet. Like, how many days have you wasted just browsing the internet mindlessly? Probably quite a bit. Quite a bit, yeah? And if that's the case, consider investing in an internet blocker. A good one is called Freedom. They've got a 30% off sale going on right now to accommodate the needs of people who find themselves working at home during this pandemic time and people who are having more screen time due to staying inside uh, more. So definitely check that out if you feel like you need to. I'll put a link, uh, an affiliate link in the description to this episode. So if you click on that and if you buy from that affiliate link, it'll definitely be helping myself and the Unstoppable Rise mission out, which I would appreciate and I appreciate any uh, any way that you decide to contribute. But if you want to take another uh, look at removing distractions, consider doing what is called monk mode. <clears throat> so monk mode is exactly what it sounds like. It's a monastic approach to life <clears throat> where you focus on creating a foundation for progress in your life. Now, I've spoken about this before, and I've written about this as well. Link will also be in the description of this episode if you're interested. So to summarize, momentum, important part in success. In order to build momentum, you need a lot of initial energy and initial spark You keep that energy up until it catches and you can sort of just coast at a high level in whatever it is. And in order to build up momentum, be prepared to put in more effort than you might have imagined. Be consistent and guard against anything that might suck away that momentum. So that's it for this one. I hope you enjoyed it and those are my thoughts on the subject of momentum. If you like this, head on over to www.unstoppablerise.com where I write about topics on the corner of self-development, psychology, and productivity with a masculine slant and the attempt to help you live a more self-actualized existence. So until next time, take care and keep the momentum building. See ya. Hey guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening in. I truly appreciate your support and your attention. It means a lot. If you like this content, go ahead and like the content. Go ahead and share the content with at least two other people you think would benefit. doesn't hurt to spread the good stuff around, right? And if you're listening in on iTunes, go ahead and rate the show with a honest rating. This will definitely help the show grow. And I truly appreciate your feedback. So until next time... 
stay good, take care of yourself, take care of other people, and peace. Peace.